0: What's on the menu with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3?
1: Money FM 89.3, you're on 12 to 1. It's the start of a brand new work week and a very important day for the FB industry. Dining in resumed at FB outlets this morning, but in groups of two. And joining me on the line to discuss the matter further is Anjali Raguraman, journalist at the Straits Times. Anjali, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Hi, Adrian. Thanks for having me. I'm well.
1: Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Now, of course, there are new measures in place, as I mentioned earlier, groups of two people. What more can you tell us about dining in at restaurants and other outlets right now?
0: Yeah, so other than the group size being at two, it's going to be this, basically the what we're used to already where it's tables are spaced one meter apart and people have to keep their masks on unless eating or drinking. But just that now that it's two per table, it's going to be a bit easier for the social distancing ambassadors to spot you if you're intermingling between tables. So you've got to be conscious of that. You know, you don't want to get yourself in trouble. You don't want to get the venue in trouble either.
1: And recorded music will also not be allowed in F&B establishments. How different is it going to be to go to one of these outlets and not have music even at the lowest of volumes?
0: Yeah, that's going to be... Quite odd to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people I've spoken to uh, feel like it's going to be a mood killer. But at this point, people are just happy to reopen.
1: Yeah, groups of two rather than five, as initially stated. But families or groups of people from the same household actually can still go out. But, you know, they'll have to be sat at different tables. What more can you tell me about individuals in the industry? How are they reacting to this news?
0: Yeah, like I like I just mentioned earlier, a lot of them are just happy to reopen. But it's, it is a mixed bag. Like, they they were hoping for five people um, to be allowed to sit in a group at a time and they've, they've been hit so hard by phase two heightened alert in particular this lasted for a good five weeks essentially and uh, they've lost so much money already and uh, something like a five group size would have helped loads but two people yeah it's basically back to valentine's day seating that's what some of them have, have told me
1: yeah, I mean, we'll take what we can right now. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a huge day for the F&B industry, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. What are you most looking forward to about dining in at restaurants and bars once again?
0: I just really want to be around the energy of other people. <laughs> I'm in the atmosphere of the rest- restaurant, even if there's no music. And I look forward to going to a bar and having a cocktail that's not pre-made, that's not poured out of a can or a bottle or whatever, you know, is that... I miss those things so much. It's been five weeks. Crazy.
1: The uh, ambience and the presentation, everything is so much different. We'll talk about bottled cocktails in just a little bit. But, you know, in terms of F&B outlets that you're most looking forward to, can you give me a few recommendations?
0: Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm quite excited to see, like, there, there were some concepts that were created just for Phase to heighten Alert, takeaway and delivery concepts. Um, Some of them are emerging as more permanent pop-up concepts like one called Larry and the Birds, which is a late night supper club serving fried, fried chicken and grilled cheese toasties. It's by the same people behind uh, Freehouse and Temple Cellars, which are better known for their, their bottle shop, their craft beers and their crafts and their sakes and, and natural wines and stuff like that. So, this late night supper club, Larry and the Birds, they, are, they did so well under Face to heighten the alert that they're, they're doing a month long pop up till the end of July at Freehouse at Gamil Lane. And I understand they're introducing new menu items, they're keeping the items that were super popular during the supper club, and they're still continuing island-wide delivery because while group sizes are still limited to two people. So yeah, I think that's very encouraging to see stuff like that took off during such a hard time for the F&B industry like thriving like even after restrictions are slightly eased.
1: Yeah, the F&B outlets were much better prepared this time compared to the circuit breaker last year. A lot of them were doing bottle cocktails, a lot more island-wide deliveries. We're in conversation with Anjali Raguraman, journalist at The Straits Times. Of course, this was an incredibly difficult period for everyone involved in the F&B industry. What are the implications of the heightened alert on the industry?
0: Um, they've already they've been through the ringer honestly with everything from the the 1030 p.m cutoff for the alcohol to the half capacities because of safe distancing measures. but a lot of the people I spoke to say that this year was case to heighten the alert They just did not make as much as they did during the circuit breaker last year. They were just bleeding so much money from rental and overhead and at one point the restaurant association of Singapore said that their member restaurants or like weekly burn rates to cover manpower and rental alone, like, it ranged from like a few thousand to half a million. It's crazy how much they have been bleeding. Um, And they just aren't The fact of the matter is they just aren't making the same money from takeaway and delivery as they would from dine-in. So a lot of places are just happy to reopen for dine-in at this point, even with all the restrictions.
1: As I mentioned, I think they'll take anything that comes their way right now. Interestingly, a few weeks ago, I was walking down Kyong-Sak. I went to pick up a couple of uh, deliveries from Potato Head. And it was just depressing, you know, walking down that street because it's so vibrant and buzzing at all times. But now it was just sad to just, you know, watch people sitting on the side and just waiting for customers. As you see a lot of retailers down Chinatown, Little India and so on as well. I mentioned bottle cocktails. This time Mm -hmm. the F&B industry was a lot better prepared. What are some of your, uh, you know, notable mentions in terms of bottle cocktails during this period?
0: Yeah, a lot of them upped their packaging this time around, from plastic packets last year to reusable glass bottles. Um, One of my favorites was by Smoke and Mirrors. So that's a cocktail bar on the roof of the National Gallery. Uh, This time around, they offered customized labels for the cocktails, which was quite cute for gifting. And um, they introduced shelf-stable cocktails as well. So don't even have to be stored in the fridge. And they can be kept outside for like 24 months at a time. And they also took the opportunity to introduce their new menu through these bottle cocktails, some of which were inspired by paintings in the National Gallery. I thought that was so interesting. They had like little QR codes that you could scan and then uh, it would lead you to the painting and the description of the painting. It's, yeah, it's taken the cocktail drinking experience at home to a whole new level and but like I mean, like I said earlier, nothing beats like being in the bar and having a freshly made cocktail, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we are all looking forward to. I remember Asia's top 50 bars. We actually went to that and just a few weeks after that, everything just stopped and the bars and restaurants had to, you know, stop all operations as they used to. And there were so many interesting bars and concepts, uh, that were coming out. So many interesting drinks as well. How are they, you know, gearing up for the new measures?
0: Yeah, um, there were, I can't remember the exact number of Singapore bars that were on the list, but they're all um, raring to go, pretty much. Uh, most of them open from tomorrow, though, because Mondays are usually off days for the bars. But those who are open, like MO Bar at Mandarin Oriental, they're... Absolutely. They're jumping at the a bit to go, uh, ready to sell customers. And they've already taken reservations as well. Um, Manhattan opens tomorrow, I believe. No Sleep Club. Old Man opens today. It's it's exciting. I mean, there's a whole list i got to get through, <laughs> I'm sure, for many people as well.
1: Yeah, of course, M.O. Bar, I've had to change my reservation twice, but can't wait to go back and see Adrian Bessa and the rest yeah. of the team there. We've been in conversation with Anjali Raghuraman, journalist at The Straits Times. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, and I hope you enjoy your first day being out and, you know, dining in at the FNB outlets. Thank you so much, Adrian.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our
1: podcasts at moneyfm893.sg